Hey everyone, welcome to the newest episode of Womentality, the podcast. I'm late and I really do know that I'm late. Y'all gotta excuse me. I've been trying to get myself together as far as mentally preparing for grad school applications, trying to build a habit and build a better and healthier relationship with the gym, trying to cope with work stress and how I'm dealing with that and trying to be a good dog mom and also being a good child to my parents. Honestly, that that the last two sound like BS, but like it's honestly true because I've been trying to like work on myself as far as reflections go and what I can do better to be a better human being and give out better energy into the world and, you know, to receive it back, but mostly give it out. I've been trying to just get myself together. Like I picked up working out again, which is really, really good. But I just want to make sure and be extremely cautious that I don't create that unhealthy relationship that I had back when I was younger to the point where I thought the gym was something to be obsessed over, um, to eat only leaves and grass, to lose weight. And the main focus is to always lose weight. Like, honestly, I just want to be healthy. It's not even on no, I want to be a gym talk girl. Like, yes, they look good. And honestly, they do really good workouts and some of those workouts you know you just want to do because you're like damn that looks like I'll be thick with it but overall I just want to be healthy to be honest I do want to lose like a couple areas of my body that I feel like I've uh, struggled with for a while and just kind of get myself back to the weight that I was around freshman year of college so I'm trying to work on that but also doing it in a healthy way and also um just trying to make sure I'm not too anxious with grad school coming up. I don't want to psych myself out and make myself feel like I'm not good enough. So I've been trying to show myself a lot of grace. Like the minute I have those negative feelings, I just try to focus on something else or just try to reassure myself or talk to somebody that can reassure me. It's just this whole process. So y'all got to excuse me for not being able to upload a new episode. And also what I wanted to talk about today was a little bit touchy. So I just wanted to make sure that I knew what I wanted to say before I even got to recording because it's something so sensitive, but I kind of want to base the episode around my opinion on it and not facts because everyone has a different perspective of depression you know, and that's what I want to talk about. Like my depression does not reflect someone else's depression is not always the same for everyone, especially battling with your mental health. Everyone is battling their mental health in a different way. And sometimes you can't really relate to other people, even though both of you are depressed, you can sympathize with them, empathize with them. But you can't say that, oh, yeah, I know what you're going through. You know, the feelings that they're going through, in a way, but you don't know what caused them to be hurting like this. So again, this is just going to be more so from my perspective. In my opinion, no, I'm not a licensed therapist at all. I only took intro to psychology. The only thing I know about is Darwinism and the Sigmund Freud thing. That's it. That's all. So just to go ahead and get started, I want to talk about my depression a little bit. I haven't, I don't think I've ever really just gotten into full, full detail. Like if I have, I've done it through text, but I haven't verbally said it unless it was with my therapist. So I try to be very careful with what I say in this podcast 
and I may slip up and say something too personal, please excuse it. And if it's triggering to you, if at any moment you get triggered throughout this episode, go ahead and tune out. If you want to try to listen to it maybe a little bit later and you feel like you're good for it and you're good, go ahead by all means. If you're not, I just don't think you should, especially if you're easily triggered or if you feel triggered at any point in this conversation. So to go ahead and start off, um, I was actually diagnosed with depression I think it was mentioned to me in high school and then it was diagnosed in college. I think it was my sophomore, freshman year, like freshman, sophomore year. I'm really not sure which one. I think it was freshman though. And when I was diagnosed, I literally felt like I was just crazy. I didn't feel that I was going to be able to get through it. I thought that my mom was going to look at me crazy. I really thought that my dad wasn't going to be supportive of it. But luckily, they've been extremely supportive and just overall glad that I opened up to them about it. Because there are some people that keep it to themselves and just kind of battle with it alone. And just put up this facade that they're okay, that they're good with everything that they're doing. They try to use a lot of things to cover up what they have going on. So like different extracurricular activities, hobbies. Um, They use social media as some type of facade. So they try to act like this positive person on social media when in reality, you know, they're dealing with some dark, dark shit. And I think I opened up with my parents about it. When I think I had my first anxiety attack in front of them. And it was just to the point that honestly, they were scared. They didn't know what to do. And it was an anxiety attack. It wasn't even a full on, uh, you know, suicidal episode. This was an anxiety attack. So they were worried and they wanted to be there for me. It took me a minute to open up to them. But when I finally did and after I got diagnosed, like concrete diagnosis, I just went ahead and opened up. I think like a couple months later, a couple weeks later, if I'm not mistaken. And honestly, some of this timeline is going to be a little bit blotchy because because of my depression, I do not remember a lot. So college, even though I just graduated from the University of Memphis, I only remember certain aspects or like certain memories or certain events of college. Like I don't remember everything. And It's sad as fuck because it honestly goes back all the way to elementary school. Like, I've always tell people that I don't know how they can remember middle school and high school so vividly because I barely remember shit. And I think that's just because it was a coping mechanism of mine where I was in a moment where I was triggered and I want to forget about it. Like, I, I want my brain to forget. So I just forget and I also associate a lot of things with that. I only remember, like, peak things. But peak things means like the fact that I graduated. I don't remember graduation day. Um, Another thing was I remember in middle school, we went to New York and Washington, D.C. I don't remember that trip in detail. I only remember that we went and that I got on a bus to go. And at one point we were at a Spider-Man musical or something like that. That's all I remember. So my depression caused me to have a big ass blurry memory and I don't remember shit to be honest so excuse my timeline being a little bit sketchy because like I said I really don't remember but when I opened up to my parents um 
my mom, she's extremely religious. And my dad, he's Christian. I don't want to say he's extremely religious, but he is religious enough to, you know, pray over me and just want to have that Christian security in my life. Um, And I would talk to my parents and be like, you know, sometimes religion is a little bit sketchy for me. Like, I'm Christian, don't get me wrong, but religion is sketchy for me when people are always throwing God into depression. So they're like, God is making you go through this to come out stronger. God only gives his hardest battles to his strongest soldiers. Just pray it out and you'll be better. You know, things like that really irritate me. Because someone who battles with depression isn't going to just automatically want to pray. And also with me, I didn't want to harm my relationship with God. So I didn't want to say the wrong thing or pray the wrong words or just overall resent him because of the feelings that I I was going through. Maybe a little bit afterwards when I got through that episode or I lifted myself back up from a relapse, I would ask for forgiveness and do my own prayers and just pray that I was back on track and that I was on the right track. But when I'm on my lowest, it I just don't want to harm that relationship. And I think that resonates or that may resonate with a lot of people because minorities, I don't even want to say minorities, but like Hispanic families, because I'm Hispanic, I'm Mexican. That's what I am. And that's what I grew up with. Mexican families do not have good relationships with mental health. They have standards, they have stereotypes, they go through different bullshits that they do and they try to blame it on someone and they end up having so much anger. And, you know, that's why one of the reasons I feel that there is a stereotype with Hispanic and Latina women is because that they're so angry and they have attitudes because they don't know how to adapt to their mental health. And especially men, like they feel so entitled. They feel like they're the bosses. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so much stereotypes and just entitlements that Mexicans have. But don't get me wrong, like, you know, Mexicans are great, whatever. But from what I grew up with, my parents didn't know how to help me with my mental health. They tried their best. They tried to be there. They showed support. But I know that they don't understand. So with my depression, just to speak a little bit about what I go through, I go through moments where I'm completely fine. I get triggered. Maybe one day I'm okay. I get triggered the next day. I'm okay. I have this random rage out of nowhere, but I'm still okay. I don't relapse. And then all of a sudden, one day, something small can happen and I'm just back down at the bottom. So I think that I know how to handle triggers, but when there's just one moment that I'm just, my guard is down, I'm down. So I know like I haven't probably relapsed. I relapsed like a couple weeks ago, I think. And I pulled myself out of it. Thank God. I just kind of did my thing and let let myself lay in depression for like a day or two. But had to pull myself out that shit because I had to go to work. So I just thought about something else that was positive. Money makes me happy. So I thought about money and bada bing, bada boom. It took a process, but we did it. so with that being said I feel like my depression is just more so of high functioning it's always go 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 for me and I try to keep up this facade for people in my life that I'm okay but I'm really not so the minute that I feel that I'm overwhelmed so like when my guard is down 
that's when I really go deep, deep down into the, the trenches. And it may take a minute for me to get back up. Like, I still keep in contact with my old therapist. She's amazing, wonderful. I love her. I miss her so much. She moved up north because of her husband. So I'm not exactly her client anymore, but I am still kind of her client. It's just this thing that we worked out. But whenever I know that I'm about to hit a point or I've been triggered a lot, I just kind of hit her up and just kind of vent about what's been going on. And it tends to make me feel better. So I think one of my coping mechanisms is venting. But I don't like venting to my friends because I don't want to put that energy or that negativity towards them. Back then, when I was adjusting to my mental health and trying to figure out what my depression meant to me and how it was going to look on me and how I was going to adjust to it, I would vent to my friends because my old therapist said that venting to your friends is good and me listening like a dumbass, I was venting to some of my close friends and I feel like that really harmed our relationship and I don't want to make it seem like they were the bad guys because I can understand now that when you may be going through things, you may you don't even have to be depressed but when you're going through things you don't always want to hear negativity and that's okay that doesn't make you selfish because you may be going through some shit that you're trying to battle and get through and you're trying to straight stay strong and just do all this stuff you know what i'm saying and then here comes one of your friends like oh this happened oh i'm really sad oh blase blase oh blase 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 but like coming from a depressed individual nine times out of ten the shit that they're gonna vent to you about is pretty dark so I understand now that sometimes you don't want to hear that all the time whenever it triggers them and I wish I could go back in time and just apologize to them and just make it seem not make it seem but just address that it was no way in my intention to reflect my trauma onto them like I would never want to do that to somebody because I know I wouldn't want it done to me but I've grown now to understand that trauma dumping is real and if you want to vent to one of your friends about some bullshit that your mom did to you that's fine but when it comes to like your depression especially with me my shit gets dark pretty quickly I just don't want to put that on somebody you know so I just, yeah, I just wish I could go back in time and just kind of address that because I know I think that kind of affected our relationships back then um, to the point that they probably felt like they didn't want to always be around me or talk to me because they never knew what feelings they were going to get out of me. Not necessarily like a bipolar thing, but just as a high functioning kind of sense because, you know, when you're always on the go, 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 you're going to crash and burn eventually. And that's what happened a lot with me is I would have moments where I would crash and burn the fuck down. But I feel like to the public, I was really good at hiding my shit. You know, I did come out and say that I had depression and anxiety at one point, I think like on social media, because I was just tired of people trying to make it seem like those who do battle with their mental health are, I don't want to say crazy, but it's just, it's not possible to be battling with your mental health and doing X, Y, and Z, like doing so much at a time. But that's where high functioning comes in because someone like me, I'm always going to seek ways to get my hobbies and 
extracurricular activities, school, anything that I do on the side and just overall, I will make my life revolve so that my depression doesn't. And people who do that have like such a good tendency of hiding that shit from their loved ones. Like, as an example, unfortunately, with what happened to Miss USA with Chesley, it's tragic as fuck. Like, when I found out, I think I remember I was at Texas to Brazil with my parents because, you know, I was taking my dad out for dinner. And I saw that shit and it just kind of hit because... I not I grew up, but I watched Chesley when she was competing for Miss Miss was it Miss USA? Yeah, Miss USA, Miss Universe, and her TikTok account I followed, her Instagram page I kept up with because she was just such a radiant light of positive energy. But again, you never really knew what she was going through. And I mean, she's a celebrity. We don't really know celebrities personally, but she just seems so radiant and that's the word that I want to use for her because she was always so positive on TikTok I know she would always give out so much information be an advocate and activist and just overall be a resource for women especially black women and it was just sad to hear the news because it was like damn like Chesley Chesley was battling with her shit but I feel like she was just so good at juggling her life that sometimes you don't attend to your mental health and it's tragic as fuck because even in the pageant world I'm not necessarily a pageant girl you know (laughs) University of Memphis don't count as pageant world but it's really sad because I think that if she wasn't in the pageant light it would be a different outcome and I don't want to say she wouldn't have done it but it she probably would have been able to seek help if she already didn't. Like I said, I don't know her personally. The only article that I've read about her passing was what was what her mom said. I'm sorry, my dog just barked. Okay, Tina. But was what the news and what we heard about her passing. Um, And also what her mom said, like, she didn't come out to her about her mental health until the end, near when it happened. And sometimes that's what people that want to juggle their life and just use that as a distraction do is that they focus so much on their life that they don't tend to their mental. And sometimes as toxic as it seems to address the feelings that you're running from, you have to do it because you have to face them forward and just see what is going on with you and what triggers you and what causes you to feel that way like these are details that you have to just admit about yourself and I don't want to say she didn't do that like in no way case or form am I saying she didn't do that but I just really wish it were a different outcome but anyways in the pageant community you know I feel like if she would have came out and said she was battling with her mental health there would have been conflicted emotions about her being Miss 2019 USA like oh do they not know who their queen is why didn't she come out and say something she could have used mental health as her platform you know there's so much that people could have said because people are shitty so I 100% understand why she maybe didn't <clears throat> oh excuse me maybe didn't come forth with her feelings on her mental health or just in general with what's going on with her or just even stating that she's going to take a break from social media or something like that because it would have been taken negatively 
And that's because the pageant world is toxic. Like the pageant world is wonderful, glitz and glam. They are activists, they're advocates, and they try to do their best while running and walking around in bikinis, but but being taken seriously. But also there's just, it's, it's just a fucked up thing, honestly. So you do have people that do that and like I said I used to be one of them to the point that I would just ignore my feelings and it didn't take until this recent therapist that I had to finally be able to say okay I'm ready to face and to address what's causing me to feel this way so we went deep 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 in so we talked about my childhood we talked about my parents we talked about being first gen, being an immigrant. We talked about all that shit. And we ended up getting to the point of why I always get so deep in my thoughts and so deep in my feelings. And that's because of just my upbringing and some of the experiences that I've had, which most likely for a lot of people, that's what it is. But I'm not going to talk about the specific point in my life. But to know what specific point is when everything turned is kind of like breaking a shell that you never wanted to break you wanted to keep it safe you wanted to just keep it stored in the back of your head you don't want to relive that memory you don't even want to say it out loud but she made me talk about it and say it out loud so knowing that I opened up about it made it to where if I do get depressed if I relapse if I just have those moments where I'm just in the deepest darkest parts of my brain I can pull myself out of it because therapy helped me to do so so yeah with depression that's kind of like the jizz bits on mine and with the people that I have in my life luckily I was blessed enough to have people who are supportive and who are genuinely there for me even though they may be going through their own stuff um so big shout out to them because again with trauma dumping now that I've kind of learned that I don't want to do that to my people, I've kind of resented venting to them. It, not resented, but I've kind of refrained from venting to them. And that's just because of their protection and my protection because I don't always want to put them into the, into the position where they have to give me advice that may be... Uh, how do I put this? They, I don't want to make them feel like they need to give me advice or they have to say the right thing. I don't want to put that pressure on them. I don't want them to make them, I don't want to make them feel, God, I can't talk. I don't want to make them feel like they have to heal me, you know? So I know there have been moments in my life where I have tried to, you know, commit suicide, but that's a whole different conversation. I'm not going to go into detail, but I just don't, I hate that I put some of my closest friends in that predicament to see me at the lowest and to feel like they had to, like they had to tell me the right words and to have to step on eggshells around me and just be careful to not step on my toes. I just hate that I did that to them. But you do have people that are in contrast to that who will just act like they're there for you and not really there for you. So like on social media, again, bringing up the Chesley situation, um, may she rest in peace overall. But after she passed, there was a lot of light and 
just a lot of addressing and tweets and social media posts about mental health and you never know what someone is going through be nice to everybody check in on your strong friends blase blase and honestly granted while I do love the fact that mental health is being addressed and there is a light shed on the topic I feel like it only happens temporarily so like this week what have we seen about mental health like, let's really talk about it. People stopped tweeting about it. People stopped addressing mental health unless they're people who are actually advocates for mental health or are going through it or have just been generously there and genuinely there for others. <laughs> but honestly, I haven't seen a mental health post in like a week and a half. And it's really sad to see because that's how it happens. Like, the topic of mental health happens in trends. Like the topic of depression happens in trends. People do not be meaning the shit that they say on social media for real. Because you have people that I even know that have not been there for their loved ones, that have been ignoring their loved ones, saying, oh yes, check on your strong friend. Check on everyone. Just check in and be nice and kind to people. Like, bitch, you're a bitch. Like, you are a genuine bitch, and you haven't even been there for your people. So what makes you think that you posting on social media is going to change that, you know? And honestly, we should have been checking in on our friends, to be fucking honest. Like, yes, we're all busy. Yes, we're all adults. We live different lifestyles. Yes, we all work. We're full-time. We're trying to get in grad school. You know, we're trying to live our lives, but also not go fucking crazy. I just feel like the least you can do as far as checking in on your friends, it's just sending them a text. Check on and see how they're doing. Just something as simple as that. Just checking to see how their day has been going. Text them an I love you message. You never really know how much an I love you message can go. Well, you never really know how far it can go for someone's day. Because I know I like to send them every now and then to my friends when I feel like I've been neglecting them or I haven't been there for them. I text them, I love you. Do you need anything? How are you? How are we doing? Um... Like, do you want to do something soon? Just checking in. And like I said, it doesn't even have to be a big old paragraph. It can just be an I love you. And when I feel like I've been absent in my friends' lives, that's exactly what I do. And it goes a longer way than you all may fucking think. Because if someone did that to me and were to do that for me, that's enough reassurance, you know? And it's simple. Like, yes, we're all busy, but you are not too busy to be on social media looking through people's stories. You're not too busy to be on TikTok watching random shit. And you're damn near not too busy to be on fucking Tinder trying to find the next person you're going to fuck. You know, like you prioritize the time that you have for the people you want. And sending an I love you text message or how have you been text message only takes like not even a second. So that's just complete bullshit on some people's end that they're posting on social media talking about some checking on your friends. That's why we have to be present in our friends' lives. Like, bitch, make sure you're present in your friend's life before you go on and posting anything. And honestly, some of these people do not even give a fuck about mental health. Like, because you have people that don't battle with depression. They don't have anxiety. And I'm not trying to gaslight them or anything because I'm really glad that people don't have to go through that bullshit. Like, I'm super glad but when it gets to the point that they get egotistical about it like oh yeah no sometimes you have to stray away from negative energy you have to get away from those who are depressed because you want to only have positive shit like what the fuck 
Like, are you kidding? You're acting like people can actually help being depressed. Like people can avoid that shit. While granted, yes, you can seek therapy, seek help and do the best you absolutely can. But when you have moments of downfall, you just have them. And that is okay. Do not let people that are trying to be positive all the fucking time ever break you. Because I actually did have a loved one before that would tell me they never experienced extreme sadness. They never experienced depression, extreme anger. They're just not emotionally connected with themselves, I'm guessing, but they just never experienced it. So when I would talk about some of the problems that I had, you know, back then when I would actually vent to my loved ones, it was more so like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I've never been through that. Like, that's not what the fuck you tell somebody that's venting to you. Granted, you don't know what to say and I shouldn't blame you for not knowing what to say. But I just feel like it's common sense to not say some bullshit like that because I damn near wanted to slap them, to be quite honest. Like, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear, oh, what you're feeling is something I've never felt before. That is so weird. Like, you really be going through that? Like, that's what you be going through your head? Don't do that. Don't do that to somebody. And even if you are someone who hasn't been through an episode or moments of extreme sadness, that's not even depression. So just like extreme, extreme sadness, maybe like the sadness you feel after a breakup, you've just never been through it. Be sensitive to those people in your life that are going through shit. Be kind to them. Because again, sometimes they may not open up to you about it. But again, with what social media is loving to say right now is you never know what someone is going through. So just stop doing that shit. Stop being insensitive. Stop being insensitive to all your fucking loved ones. Even if that means a friend who just broke up with their boyfriend, who is feeling sad and depressed about it. Don't just go on and being like, bitch, lift your head up. Like, fuck him. Like, that's insensitive to them and their feelings. And I even have to catch myself when I'm doing stuff like that. Because genuinely, <laughs> like I say in every episode, I do truly hate men. But... I'm not going to say that to one of my friends that I know is in deep, dark sadness about a situation with a male. I'm not going to do that. And I used to do that. Not no more. So I just would have to reassure them that, you know, I may not be... I may not know what you're going through or what you're feeling at this exact moment, but I know that it doesn't feel good. And your feelings are valid. I'd always reassure them that their feelings are valid because feelings are valid. People don't feel a certain way just to be feeling it because they whip, they whip that shit out their ass, you know? They're feeling it because they're going through some shit. So just being sensitive to people, being fucking empaths to people. And not everyone is an empath, I feel. So that's where the conflict kind of starts and just really resonates is that not everyone is an empath. I feel like I'm a big-ass empath because... Even working at a hospital, I get sad as fuck out of nowhere with anything happening to any patient. And, you know, I'm starting to get desensitized because I work in the ER. But besides the point, I just pick up what patients put down. And sometimes it's really depressing to know that some of those patients have such hard lives or they've been struggling with something all their life or they are having family situations, et cetera, et cetera. But not everyone is an empath. So they feel just because they don't know or they don't understand what someone else is going through, they're not going to try. The least you can do is try to understand what someone is going through when it comes to their mental health. That's just point blank, period. Just try your best to be there for them. It doesn't have to be perfect because, I mean, shit, nobody in no situation is perfect. You just have to try. If you're uncomfortable with the feelings that they're experiencing and you're worried about them, 
I mean, you can even say that, honestly. Like, I'm worried about you. Like, do you need anything? But most of all, just show a genuine connection with them and just genuinely be there for someone. Like, it's just as simple as that. If they don't want to open up to you about what they're going through, that's fine too. Don't pressure them into saying some shit because that can be easily triggering for them. And what we're trying to do is to avoid the triggers. If they're venting to you about it, because we do have a lot of people that will vent about their feelings, like I was saying earlier, how I used to do with my friends, just say, do you want... Actually, backtrack. Let's backtrack. Because what I was about to say came from one of my friends who I love so, so much, who started this and I picked up on it, was she would ask before I vent to her or after I vent to her when I was, you know, when there was a moment of silence on the phone and she would say her response, she would ask, do you want me, do you want me to just listen or did you want me to just listen or do you want me to respond? That itself, like you can do some shit like that when your friend is venting. Something like that that is so simple just impacts how that conversation is going to go. And you know what that other person wants from you. If they say, I want you to respond, you can try your best to say something. Just empathize with them. Validate their feelings. Make them feel like they are heard. If they just want you to listen, be an active listener. Make sure you mm-hmm, ask questions every now and then. But overall, just make sure you establish what they want from them venting. So I'm sorry I had to backtrack. That was kind of messy. Not messy, but like a messy transition. But something so simple as to that. So with friends that like to vent, you can do that. Do you want me to listen or do you want me to respond? Simple, effective. It works damn near in everything except when, you know, someone is actually genuinely like on the verge of, you know, ending it. Um, And I think that I like I wish I could go into like deep 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 conversations about depression and just suicide and all that but I feel like because I'm not a therapist I'm not licensed sometimes what I be saying sounds like it doesn't even make sense but it makes sense to me like maybe this episode um I feel that sometimes it's restricted so if you want to talk to me personally about depression or if you're someone who doesn't go through it or doesn't understand it and you want to talk about it, I will even give you my phone number and we can have a one-on-one conversation where it's more personal and I will give examples and all that good stuff because I just try my best to educate. This conversation on this podcast episode probably wasn't the most con- like conversational because it was more my personal experience, what I see, what I hate. And just more so venting. But again, I try my best to educate. Even with friends who don't go through it, I try my best to educate friends who do go through it and are interested in what the hell I be doing in therapy. I try to talk through it because honestly, therapy is probably the number one reason why I haven't lost my shit by now. And that's because of my newest therapist. I have gone, I have gotten the most progress done with her the most like upwards trends of happiness that I've had I've felt safer while also also knowing how to address the feelings that I have 
So that doesn't mean that I'm healed. That doesn't mean that I'm cured because honestly, you can't be healed or cured from depression. I feel there's just moments where you are high and there are moments where you are low. And sometimes you don't really have a relapse in years on end. So you're doing better than you were. But in the end of the at the end of the day, it's a process. It's a journey. So I don't want to make this episode seem like depression is just an illness because it is not. You are not ill. It is called a mental illness, but you are not ill. Your feelings are valid. And someone out there will be able to resonate those feelings with you, whether it be a therapist, a friend, someone's going to get through to you. And I just want everyone who is actually going through something right now, who's listening, um, just know that you're not alone. And that's something so stereotypical and cliche to say, but you are not alone. There are so many people out there that are going through similar experiences or just maybe going through something completely different, but process their emotions the exact same way. At the end of the day, you are not alone. You are loved and you are worthy to be here and you deserve to be here. So on that note, I'm going to end that episode on end this episode. Damn, I cannot talk. Um, it was just a touchy episode. So I think I'm just flabbergasted. But anywho, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. I will talk to you all next episode. I really don't know when it'll be, but hopefully it'll be next week. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in.